and welcome back to another episode of Teats with Dita. I'm your host Nandita and today it is a very interesting episode of the podcast today because it is the first time I am doing an MCU film that has just released which I'm so excited about, so stoked about being a self-proclaimed MCU superfan. Um, <laughs> I'd like to say, I'd like to think that this is the first of many and I'm super excited to come at you with the first theatrical release and the fact that I even got to see it in the cinema not only once but twice in the space of less than 24 hours truly is a privilege. So, with that being said, if you hadn't guessed already, this week's episode is going to be on The Incredible Black Widow. So, um, the way this episode is going to work is that I'm going to give a non-spoiler review of the film. So I'm going to try and explain as much as I can, in as much detail as I possibly can, everything I thought about this film. Um, without spoiling anything, so we'll see how that goes. And I'll give you my take, um, where it stands in my MCU ranking. So I have like a, a ranking on my Letterboxd account of all the MCU films, though I feel like I might need to go properly revise that because there are certain films that I'd probably want to rank higher and lower um, based on just me thinking about it a bit more. And yeah, um, after that, I will talk about all things spoilers for those of you who have seen the film. Um, great, I can give you in-depth analysis on everything that I loved and disliked and really pick it apart for you guys so that you get to, I guess, understand my views and thoughts about it. And you guys should definitely let me know about your thoughts on Black Widow. I am very, very curious to know everyone's thoughts, theories, everything about it. Just oh, so excited, so stoked. Um, and what is a Deets with Deets episode if I'm not talking about the future? And this time it's going to be fun, we're going to be theorising about more Marvel things, what's coming up um, in the MCU, my predictions, and of course the end credit scene of um, Black Widow and what that means, what I think it means for the future of the MCU. So, with that being said, let's get straight into it. So my non-spoiler review of Black Widow. So before before I get into it, I want to describe roughly what the plot is of the film without giving too much away. So we pick up on um, Natasha Romanoff, aka Black Widow, um, after the events of Civil War. And we want to know what she's doing and essentially that time period between Civil War and Infinity War. Um, the wars. <laughs> I don't know why I found that funny. Whatever, move on. <laughs> so we want to know what she's doing in that time period and um, particularly she's coming to terms with, I guess, demons from her past. Uh, some may be demons, some may not be demons but then turn out to be demons, some uh, may she feels like are demons but then turn out not to be demons. It's a lot of, it's a lot of kerfuffle is, is, is what happens and it gives us a nice bit of, it breathes a nice bit of um, life into Scarlett Johansson's character and we, I guess, in the best way without spoiling it, I feel like 
it gives more of a, I guess, we understand her a bit better and you, you tend to root for her more. Because as opposed to some previous MCU films where we've only seen like bare minimum of her and she's always been like more of a side character rather than a main character. So this is her chance to finally shine and we get to see her story. Um, which involves stuff like the Red Room, um, other Black Widows, and a whole lot of a whole lot of things. Um, and along the way, she meets with um, some people that she was associated with a very long time ago. Um, her quote-unquote family, if if you um, want to call it that, uh, aside from the Avengers, and then also some some other other people from her past so that's i i find it difficult because i i don't watch trailers anymore for mcu films so i'm finding it very difficult to kind of explain it to you in the the most blanketed way possible without spoiling too much or giving too much away but that's essentially the vibe of the film that you're getting you're getting a nitty-gritty natasha romanoff kind of vibe i don't know feels like like espionage and like all, all those words come to mind when you think of Black Widow that's exactly how I would describe kind of um this film a lot of twists a lot of turns uh, and stuff like that so let's get on to my actual non-spoiler review I think this was a brilliant way to get us a little bit excited for what phase four has to offer um in the MCU because I think the MCU post Endgame, people were like, well, what's next? They've done the biggest thing that they possibly could have done. How are they going to make any money? What are MCU's debt, essentially? But what I liked about Black Widow is it wasn't super major high stakes. It was grounded. It was very... Um, it felt like a taste of a spectrum and a side of the MCU that we are going to get, similar to the vibes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so to speak, like that kind of groundedness um, and that type of level of threat seen in, in this uh, film. And I, and coming from a person who really did enjoy Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it was very good and very entertaining. I found that this this film really did get me, it got me in the cinema and it got me feeling really excited for the future of the MCU. And that's what you want from an MCU film, not necessarily a film in general, which I'll get onto in a second, but for an MCU film, you want to be excited for the future and you want to be like, oh yeah, what's next? I'm so excited to see so-and-so and this and that and the other and where is this going to go and what does this specific dialogue that this person said at this minute of the film gonna mean for the entire future of of everything you know <laughs> that kind of thing um and yeah it was just an ex incredibly exciting experience and I feel like that experience would radiate on on the small screen as well because I know that um it is available on Disney plus on premiere access if you pay however many pounds dollars other currencies that exist in the world um for it and you'll be able to watch it on your screen uh, at home which i think the experience wouldn't 
necessarily, it wouldn't, because obviously there's a very different feeling of being in the cinema and watching a film, but I don't think the fact that you might not watch it in a cinema would make it worse in the kind of way. I don't know. I feel like it's still a strong film, better than, I mean, quite a few MCU films that come to mind. Um, but yeah, overall, I loved it. It gave a lot of Falcon, um, as I said, Falcon and the Winter Soldier vibes, but it also gives Captain America the Winter Soldier vibes, right? Which kind of come hand in hand, because if you think about the way I described, if you haven't listened to my Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode with Gracie, you should definitely go check it out. It's pretty fun. I'm probably going to make a lot of references to it because the similarities are like very present. Um... But as Gracie and I discussed, we loved the fact that Falcon and the Winter Soldier radiated Captain America the Winter Soldier vibes, which is what Black Widow radiates. It radiates vibes from those two shows. And I like the fact that we're still seeing that ever-present vibe throughout the entire MCU. Because we're, get we're getting into space. We're getting into, like, time travel. We're getting into multiverse. And sometimes you just need to sit down and be like, okay... This is an Earth threat, not even like a Avengers level threat as you want to call it, but more of like a a small minor threat that could potentially lead to a big threat, but it's it's handled, you know, under the radar. Like yeah, we we sort this, we sort this. Um, so that's what it really felt like. And again, I loved in the fact of this film that it didn't feel like an Avengers level threat as well, because it was all as the threat that was present in this film. It was all under wraps and all very secretive and hidden and you wouldn't know about it unless you you have some affiliation with it um, from your past, which is what I really enjoyed. Um, like the fact that you could see this and be like, oh, I understand why other Avengers um, are not involved, because I feel like in a lot of MCU films, you think, why isn't the, why aren't the Avengers here? Why aren't, why is this not? a bigger deal, why are people not freaking out about this more, why are the Avengers not being called but it's completely understandable for this one especially because the Avengers are divorced in this one as well so kind of makes sense kind of makes sense Oh, so let's talk about our two stunning lead actresses, Florence and Scarlett Johansson um, they were phenomenal absolutely phenomenal and Truly, it was a brilliant entrance from um, Yelena, Yelena's um, Yelena, their character. I think um, I am truly excited to see what they do with her more in the MCU because I feel like they will utilize her if they're getting such a such a I guess hot at the moment like um, actress like Florence Pleur, like uh, from Little Women and from um, Midsummer, of course. Um, you know, if they've bagged that good in of actress, like, I feel like they're gonna keep her on for a little bit longer. And I think she is very excited to be in the MCU and is enjoying the whole experience. So, um, yes, I am very excited and I absolutely loved her character. Um, I did feel like her character overshone Scarlett Johansson's character in some respects, so, um, but I'll get onto that more in the spoilers bit, but Essentially, there were some tones in this film where I felt like we've been given a Black Widow film, finally, but has she been sidelined in her own film? Which is 
which is an interesting point I will get on to. Um, as I mentioned, um, if we're thinking Captain America, the Winter Soldier, we think plot twist, we think bam, there's, there's, whoa, it's Bucky, Bucky, what the hell, Bucky's the Winter Soldier? Expect twists for this film and expect, like, um, expect very much Captain America and the Winter Soldier vibes and in so many little details and references kind of thing, um, and yeah. The fight scenes were incredible in this film. I absolutely loved, you know, the hand-on-hand Black Widow conflict and fighting without lasers. Thank God, no use of, of, of lasers and shooting lasers out of people's hands and stuff. Because um, I feel like the MCU kind of does that a lot. So it was nice to see some really incredible hand-to-hand um, -hand combat, especially with scenes with the Taskmaster. I absolutely loved the way that the Taskmaster mimicked moves of, as, as he does in the comics, um, like, mimics moves of other people in the MCU. So, like, other Avengers, like, not to name names because I don't want to spoil it, but it was really good and I really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. One thing I did absolutely adore about this film as well is it encapsulates family, which, and not just, like, you know, the the very, you know, the, the Avengers family or even actual blood relation family in the way. It was a very dysfunctional and very, I guess, interesting outlook on family and how family is re represented in the MCU for particularly Scarlett Johansson's character. So it was nice to explore that. And these family figures come from um, two of the characters, Alexi and... Um, Melena, which who who were two really incredible characters. Um, I did enjoy them. It did feel also kind of like they were there to serve the purpose of the narrative rather than there to serve a purpose of the MCU as a whole, which is kind of what you have to think about these days when, when you're looking at the MCU. Um, but I loved David Harbour. David Harbour was incredible. Uh, he was very much, um, I felt, like a comic relief. But his character also played some interesting um plays an interesting role in the like development of the plot and like the drive of the narrative forward. So that was very interesting. Though I don't know whether we'll see them more of them in the future. Who knows? We'll see. Maybe in an MCU TV series. Who knows? We'll talk more about that in the spoilers. So finally, as I mentioned before. <sighs> I was very glad it was Black Widow focused. So Red Room, there's touches on the Red Room, there's touches on her past, there's touches on some things that are heavily insinuated in the MCU of things that have happened to um, Black Widow's character yet. Yet we're still at this point of um, she was kind of sidelined in her own film and this is the thing where it starts to break down for me. Like the she we i i am a firm believer of black widow should have got filmed so long ago um but due to like ike the old dude um in charge of disney it was just not possible kind of thing but i am still I, there's still a part of me that would have wanted to um to have her have her film maybe in phase one or even earlier on down the line which i'll get on to 
Um, and, and it would have worked so perfectly and so incredibly, but alas, it, it didn't, it didn't really serve. Um, it just felt like she was sidelined in her own film, because you almost, it almost looks like her family serves like an, uh, like an Avengers kind of team. And, and that's where it, it starts to get a bit annoying and sad, because it's not one single person facing this threat alone. So, that's what disappointed me. Soundtrack was not incredibly memorable as well. The MCU needs to figure out how to make incredible soundtracks for their films that are not space-based. A lot of the soundtracks in the MCU that are not space-based are not the best ones, and they're not the most interesting ones. Um, if you even look at, you know, Doctor Strange, for example... So it's so mystical, but then again, that's like a character who has the potential to be cosmic or like otherworldly kind of thing. But I want more recognizable, more interesting um, score. I for like for film for MCU films that are more grounded, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, and like Black Widow. And maybe, like, you know, Ant-Man doesn't have a memorable score other than, like, one song, maybe. Um, so that's that's my biggest thing, is, like, please give us some more interesting scores, because I normally love to pay attention to it with the narrative, but it felt like I don't remember any notable notes or points of the score in this film that really stood out to me and said, hey, like... I'm I'm being used to help drive the narrative at the moment. So it was a bit sad. A bit sad on that point. But overall I I've said negative things about it and I've said positive things about it, but overall it was a really good film. Um not the best uh, as I'll get onto and I'll tell you where it stands in my MCU ranking, but it's it's one it's it's enjoyable. I watched it twice, so I mean that kind of says that, you know, it's it's worth a it's worth a rewatch kind of thing. But um, overall, I think Black Widow is a great way to start Phase Four, and I'm really excited to see more characters from this film in the future of the MCU. Uh, I don't know what they're gonna do with Scarlett Johansson's character now, Natasha Romanoff, because obviously. Big spoilers for Endgame, but she has she died in Endgame. So, where are we seeing her? Are we are we is this it? Like, are we gonna see more of her? Don't know. And I want to think about that more in the spoilers part, where I'm just gonna go in on it and go nitpick because that's what I like to do. As much as I nitpick, though, I do enjoy it, and I gave it a three and a half stars on my letterbox account. I gave it a little heart too because I thought it was fun, and I really enjoyed it. Um, so. Where does it sit in my MCU ranking fit? So I gave it a provisional 12th place. <laughs> I love how I say provisional. Because I'm thinking this list might change soon. Um, but I give it a provisional 12th place. Why do I give a, um, a provisional 12th place? Well, it's before Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And it's after Spider-Man Far From Home. I don't, I don't know whether that, maybe that gives you a, a good idea of, 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 of what this film is, but then again, my opinions are very much different to everyone else's opinions, so, um, 
I just thought it was meteor in um, in plot and and entertainment than it was um, than Guardians of the Galaxy Two. As much as I do love that film very dearly, um, it's more for the humor aspect rather than the actual narrative of that one. So I di I think this was a great blend of humor and plot narrative going forward. So that's why I think it's m more in front of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 but it's after Spider-Man Far From Home because I think Far From Home um, is a very, very, I don't know, it's a top, it's a top tier MCU film and even though it does the, the yield thing of talking about Iron Man in its film um, when Iron Man is, is not meant to be in it kind of thing um, I still do think it is is slightly better than um, Black Widow. So that's do with that information what you will. D determine whether you want to watch it based on that. Or just watch it and form your own opinion on it. You might rank it last, even below Fall of the Dark World and The Incredible Hulk. Which I would question a lot. But I would respect because opinions. <laughs> so, if you want to see my full list of all um, the MC, my MCU ranking, you can look on my letterbox account. My letterbox is underscore Nandy to underscore. Do beware though, I might be. I change this list constantly because I'm always thinking about the MCU. It's like I live and breathe it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, do check that out. So, overall, to wrap up the non spoilers bit, Definitely do give it a watch. I, if I had to do like a recommend to the back end kind of thing for it, I would definitely recommend it because it's not a bad MCU film and it is genuinely really enjoyable and like we've been waiting so long to, to, to understand her character, to understand Natasha Romanoff. She's always so secretive and now we're pulling back all of these layers of her onion <laughs> to, to quote Shrek um, and it's... It's really nice to see. It's it's genuinely really nice to see her and, you know, have more more weight to her to her story. And I do believe it does add more weight to her death. Um, and you, you do sit in, in the theatre afterwards thinking, oh, it's a shame, isn't it? It's a shame she's not... Um, she, she's died in, in Endgame kind of thing. So, yeah. With that being said, let's move on to the spoiler review. So, if you're at this point and you haven't seen the film yet, please, please enter at your own risk. Listen at your own risk, because I'm really going to be going in on this film and talking about the nitty-gritty, because I did watch this film twice, so I have quite a lot of knowledge in the noggin uh, to unpick. And But if you want it spoiled, which I really don't understand why, listen ahead but at your own discretion and I think it will be spoilers up until the recommend to the back end segment of the show unfortunately because future is going to talk about spoilers for end credit scenes and stuff like that so yeah but don't stop the podcast and then don't come back to it once you've watched Black Widow come back to this one <laughs> so without further ado let's get into it so there's a lot I want to say about this film. Um, firstly, I thought the opening credit scene with 
the flashes to the red room I have incredibly mixed feelings about okay so my first mixed feeling towards it is although the the music in the background one of the only notable except like the one of the only notable pieces of music from this film was that opening sequence um thing like the only I it's like a double-edged sword for me I really enjoyed it because it was such an incredible way to kind of sum up her youth and it was probably a constraint from Marvel saying like you know we can't cover a lot of groundwork for her backstory so you're gonna have to summarize it in some formal way and I think rather than doing flashbacks and stuff like that it was good to have this whole chunk sequence dedicated to just showing her journey from point A to point B through flashes and of various images and a very very like it felt X-Files, can I say that? Is is Even though I've never seen an episode of X-Files in my life. Um, can I say it felt very X-Files-y? Maybe, I'm going to go with it. Um, but it, it radiated that vibe, you know? Like, I thought it was really cool. Um, however, <laughs> what I wanted from Black Widow film, and this is the problem when you have expectations, <laughs> right? They're always going to end up being disappointed at some point. I had expectations to see more of the Red Room because if you think about Black Widow's character, you think about, you know, her her mentions of her, her traumatic past and the things that she had to deal with, um, it sounds brutal. Like, even if you think about some of the scenes, the flash scenes that we see in Age of Ultron with her, like, in the surgery and the ballet and all that, like, God, it sounds, like, incredibly traumatic for a child and I would have loved for to see sort of an MCU route like an MCU film down that route the issue with that is if you want to make it really twisted and traumatic you're going to get into the barriers of age ratings but this is where I pose the question uh, pose the point to Disney is um don't be scared make a 15 Marvel film right You've got Deadpool under your property now. You've got to be very careful how you handle some of these more X-rated characters or X-rated storylines, right? Because the MCU can't always be fluffy, rainbows, humour, comic relief, you know, butt jokes all the time. Though it's it's quite funny and humorous and lightweighted. You want some intense MCU films. I want to see some intense MCU films. And I think Black Widow would have been the perfect opportunity to be like, let's look into the Red Room. Let's see the trauma that she faced as a child. You know, the surgeries that she had to undergo. Um, like taking away her, her, um, her reproductive organs. And like, the, the fact that they even mentioned that in the film, and it felt very graphic for what is meant to be a 12A. I was quite interested to be like, well, if, if they're pushing the line there, why not just go all the way? Like, just full throttle it, go, go for it and do it. Make it dark, make it twisted. We don't need to laugh all the time in the MCU. So, um, 
disappointment for lack of Red Room uh, content because I um there's a book I think this is why um I'm very much like this but my mom bought um bought me a book when I was like I don't remember when it came out but I read it and it was like one of my favorite books but it was called Black Widow Red Room um and it's like a, a teenagery kind of like novel based on Black Widow and the Red Room but like a, another was it another teenager who was going through the Red Room stuff and then Black Widow was kind of trying to mentor her and save her something like that I think along the lines of that um and I thoroughly enjoyed that book as a kid so me thinking about you know how could you to put that in the MCU that would have been so cool, man. Like, it, oh, I don't know. I think I should stop talking about that point because I'm going to get super, super passionate about it. But essentially, more Red Room content would have been appreciated. However, having said that, the opening credit scene and the way that I guess they handled the constraints, because looking at it from a, like a, a production point of view, they wouldn't have had time, I guess, to cover a lot of the Red Room stuff if you want to set up stuff for the future of the MCU. You can't keep looking at the past kind of kind of thing so I understand it and it was a great way to present that information to the audience in a way that was not going to bore us and not going to be like why do we care about this and unnecessary dialogue and stuff like that because visually and um through the song as well it pushes us like rapidly through uh, a timeline of, of of all of those events so I did, I, I loved the way that that was executed. So the whole Red Room stuff is more of a personal opinion. I would have loved to see more of that. Maybe they should have done uh, a Red Room-centric film uh, or maybe like a, a limited series kind of thing uh, on on um, Natasha Romanoff's experiences in the Red Room. So yeah, <laughs> that, that's my little tangent point. Um... Speaking of lack of things, I think I'm going to start off with maybe talking about some of the things I didn't like to kind of move on to the things I did like. So, speaking of more lack of, um, there was lack of Budapest content. And now, though I appreciate it so darn much that the MCU finally gave us an explanation of what actually happened in Budapest, I actually want to see Budapest in action. I want to see, like... The, the ins and outs and the way that she describes it in the film the fact that they had to hide out in that cubby hole for two days the fact that it was her initiation into shield like i was so interested into that but they've kind of they've <laughs> they've done it in a way where they've told us enough to the point that if we did see something like a, a, a maybe a 30 minute or an hour special on like Disney Plus of what actually happened in Budapest, it would be kind of boring because you kind of understand the outcome because of what happens in this film and the penultimate like the dude and the daughter don't actually die in that explosion. So what's the point? Like what is the actual point? So um I don't know, it felt like a missed opportunity because especially in the fandom, like growing up with, you know, when Nat and Clint would always like banter about Budapest like this is just like Budapest you and I remember Budapest very differently like that whole banter is it it feels kind of shortchanged in a way and um mildly disappointed about that too however I do like the fact that they kind of gave an ounce of fan service about like 
what Budapest was and the repercussions of Budapest as well because it meant that the things that supposedly happened in Budapest actually didn't so I again very very cool and I was I was con I was content with what I got though if I'm being greedy I wanted more um I just want more Black Widow content you gotta love her you've gotta love her okay Another thing I didn't particularly like was um, the underuse of Taskmaster's potential. I'm going to go on another tangent here. I feel like this is the first MCU thing where, you know when you have those fangirls or fanboys where are like, well, the comics did it better, or like, well, this was actually cooler in this thing, and like, blah. Like, this is the first time I'm actually, I'm actually radiating those vibes, because I don't know why, a lot of the characters and a lot of the things that I'm seeing in this film... I don't know, I just expected, there was a lot of pressure, I guess, for this film to be good, and, like, we've been waiting, they've been sitting on this film for a year and a half, and, like, we've been waiting for it for so long, so, it's understandable to have all these expectations and stuff like that about it, so, but it's just interesting for, 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 for me, like, to, to be that type of fan, because normally I'm just content with everything, but this time I'm kind of like, no, I am gonna kind of nitpick a little bit. So the underuse of Taskmaster's potential and inevitably the plot twist uh, behind it. So Taskmaster in the comics is this super incredible like you know mimic who can like who studies the like all the superheroes and like their fight techniques and like the way they react to situations and stuff like that in a very detailed meticulous way to the point where he can imitate all of their like combat skills back at them which is insane incredible such an interesting villain as well because it's not like a like a spacey like a non-human thing it's it's like pure training at least from my understanding i might be wrong he may be alien but i, I do think he's human maybe i'm gonna bank on that um but and then to see in this film not a lot of combat scenes with um she in this case um which i don't mind i don't mind it was a female if um if taskmaster is a female i think as long as you convey taskmaster's character the same like i really don't mind um the lack of fight scenes the lack of trickstery and like i don't know because i played the spider-man ps4 game and Taskmaster was like one of the side missions in that game and he was just so maniacal he was like I'm gonna like <laughs> put a bomb right in the city and you're gonna have to save it once you've now opened my briefcase to for me to let you know that I've done this and I'm gonna study your every move and reaction time to how you do that and how you deal with this particular situation that I've put in front of you and like to me, that's like such a, oh, it was so good. It's like such a good utilization of his character and and um, the way that Taskmaster works. So to see it kind of be underused in this particular film really, really bothered me because I was like, I know how much potential you have, and you're not. It's not being used, and like, it's mildly disappointing. <laughs> Only mildly, um, but you know. I think if you think about it through plot purposes, like the fact that it was the big dude's daughter 
fine it made sense I did call it though so you know I did call it because I was like thinking if the dad didn't die how did the daughter not die from that explosion either and I was thinking about that in my head I was like like what it just it just doesn't make any sense so then I was like okay I think she might come back and then it slowly I slowly started to piece it together and I was like oh, okay it is it's Taskmaster is the daughter so fine um and I just don't feel like we're gonna be seeing because it was more of like she was put through that through for trauma reasons um because the big dude wanted her um her to be like the I guess the big weapon the secret weapon in the in a way um but against her own will because it was due to mind control so <sighs> I get it but at the same time maybe make invent a new character for it or, or something I don't know it's just the taskmaster name and then to only have a few like maybe a black panther nod maybe a hawkeye nod and maybe a captain america nod and then that's it and it's like oh, you could have done so much more with this character Marvel, let me write your things. Actually, no, because then I'm going to say that and it's going to happen maybe optimistic, very optimistically that I've said that. No, but like, it, what if it does happen and then I actually make a really bad MCU film? So, no, um, I, I won't take that opportunity. Thank you for pretend giving it to me, Marvel, but um, just use, use, your, use the comics better, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> Um, if the, if the Spider-Man piece, uh, like, um, PS4 game can do it, I think you can do it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, those are the major points that I, I didn't like. A, a small thing is I do, once again, feel like this film should have been released in between Civil War and Infinity War in particular. And then cut the end credit scene out of, um, of the film and put it on the end of Endgame. And that's how you make it work um so yeah um I do think it should have come in between those maybe not a phase one film if you want to keep the entire narrative of this film because you could just pick it up and plunk it right in between Civil War and Infinity War and no one would bat an eyelid and I think it would be great and that way you it adds more weight to um her death in Endgame and more people feel sad about it because and it feels like her death meant something and it actually broke the heart of fans because I sat in that theatre thinking well that's a shame that we're not going to see her in the MCU anymore you know she's, she's just dead and oh, it's annoying annoying but yeah I feel like it should have been put in between those films for effectiveness but obviously there were probably constraints about when to make this film and stuff like that uh, I'm just grateful it did get made you know and the first female kind of Avenger in the MCU got her film, which I'm, I'm incredibly happy about. So, what did I love? Did I like the plot twist? Did I enjoy the whole taking off the mask and it was actually, you know, Scott Johansson instead of Milena? <laughs> um, I did. I thought that was incredible. I was like, yes, a classic Black Widow move. We love to see it. Um... And although a lot of people have a lot of qualms with with the the plot twist, I don't know. I thought it was still pretty good. I was like, I was still a little bit shocked. I was like, oh, 
damn, she there. And then it's like slowly, like withholding information from the audience, um, and then showing it from a different context to say, oh yeah, they actually planned this, and making it out as if the bad guys kind of won, which I thought was really cool. I did enjoy it because I did think it was going to go in a different direction in terms of their escape, but I mean it went in a completely different direction that I uh, predicted. Um, so I did enjoy that because you love you love it when a film makes you, I guess, proves you wrong in a way, and like makes you think, oh damn, I didn't actually predict that right, you know? Because that's yeah, you, you don't want to feel like you could have written the film and it's very predictable. It wasn't predictable in the way I found it anyway. So I did like the plot twist. Um, I think this is Scarlett Johansson at her finest with Black Widow. I think we finally get to see some personality, you know, her little, her smiles, her quips, her, her, um, her backstory, like, you know, getting to understand her family with, uh, her complicated relationship with Yelena, with Alexi, and with Milena, um... Like it's it was it was just really incredible and I really loved it, um, and I think ugh, it, again Scarlett Johansson at her finest in this film, and then we may never see her again as Black Widow. It's just very infuriating, like incredibly infuriating in that regard. But um, it is what it is. I have to I have to move on from this. I clearly am holding a grudge. But talking about family, I did enjoy the family dynamic. It was very very dysfunctional. But it felt very real. Like, it felt very, like, you know, the sister dynamic, the mother-daughter dynamic, the father-daughter dynamic. It all felt very real. It didn't feel artificial. The conversations didn't feel, like, unnatural. It felt like conversations that a very dysfunctional family like this would have. And, um, you know, it was really good. And I, um, I liked the... I don't know, I liked the the new characters were, that were presented, so Yelena, Alexi, and Melina, 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 I'm, I'm gonna say Melina, 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 Melina sounds better, um, but yeah, I enjoyed that. Having said that, the parents in particular, they weren't very notable to me, I'm not incredibly, like, ecstatic to be like, oh my god, yes, I can't wait to see them in the MCU again, um, because they they feel like your your generic kind of um, father mother kind of well father mother roles um, in this particular MCU kind of setting um, and we kind of had that in uh, Hank and um, Janet Pym at the moment so I'm kind of like okay f- fine the um, oh what's his name. What's his, what's, what's Alexi's superhero name? God, I'm, all, all I remember is the crimson, the crimson one, which is bad. So it's like red, red war hero, we're going to call him. I feel really bad. Sorry, Alexi, my dude. Um, but yeah, um, not incredibly notable, but let's talk about the notable one. The li- The person who I believe stole the film, like literally stole the film, was Yelena Florence Pleur. I think she is such a different kind of, she adds such a different kind of flavour of character to the MCU. Her humour, her outlook, her dark humour, particularly her dark humour and her outlook 
on specific situations and the way situations are going to go and her dynamic with um, Black Widow, um, Natasha Romanoff, her character. Like, the way that Yelena and Natasha, like, vibe off of each other and, like, you know, bounce off of each other is probably the better word, but it was so incredible to see. And the fact is, I can't pinpoint a character in the MCU that's quite like Yelena, which means that they were missing a character like Yelena in the MCU. So I am incredibly excited that we're going on this journey to have this kind of character. I think she's... Like, if if they really do flesh her character out really well, she is on the road to be one of my favourite characters in the MCU at the moment, because just her personality is so incredible and so infectious that you almost, like... You almost can't not like her, you know what I mean? It's like, it's truly incredible and great and oh, love it, love it, love it. Um, what else? The real villain of the film, so I mentioned him, the big boss dude that I don't remember the name of. He wasn't very memorable. Um, yeah, he just, he wasn't, he wasn't very memorable and I, it was kind of like... I mean, he had his moments of being incredibly scary, particularly with the Scarlett Johansson and the and him scene where where she's trying to like sever the nerve, but she's trying to do it in an inconspicuous way, so he like attacks her. Um, it's incredibly creepy, and see that kind of twistedness of the MCU and the whole torture and, and abuse would have been really, really, really cool if it was a 15 or like an 18 or an R-rated film, whatever you want to call it, because then you could go into more depth and that villain, the real villain, would have been more interesting and more cool, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I feel about the villain. Um, what else? I mean, overall, I would have liked more Taskmaster fight scenes, though the fight scenes were incredibly good. I, um... The car chase scene in um, in Budapest was really good. I think that's probably my favourite action sequence of the entire film. Uh, though the Black Widows at the end sequence, like all the Widows at the end, were was probably a close second for me. Um, and then, I don't know. I guess, overall, it was a good film. But I guess... Being the first female in the MCU that we saw, so first female Avenger that we saw in the MCU, um, and I guess looking up to her growing up, you know, looking up to Black Widow's, like, incredibly badass nature, I had a lot more expectations for it, and I have a lot more hope for the direction of this film. That's not to say I didn't love the fact that they put a lot of emphasis on, like, these, these girls who were incredibly, you know, tortured and they're picked up and then just brought into this incredibly horrific, like, uh, mind control state and, like, not being able to control and have free will in a way. So I, I just wish they would have played on that more. I don't know. I'm getting greedy, but wish they could have done that. But it was an incredible film, and I do recommend everyone to go watch it. And let me know what you guys think of it. Uh, message me, comment in 
in um in like one of my Instagram posts or like at me on Twitter at Deeksudita. Like, let me know what you guys think of Black Widow because I'm I'm really interested to see other people's opinions about it. I mean, I watched it with my parents, and then one of my friends. Um, so you know, it'd be interesting to see what you guys you guys think of it. So let's talk about the future of the MCU, which I'm stoked to talk about because of the end credit scene that was in this film. So the end credit scene picks up with Yelena. She's at um, the grave of um, Natalia. No, not, I keep saying Natalia, but it's I keep thinking Natalia in my head, but it's Natasha, so I, I need to keep saying that. So Natasha Romanoff, her, um, her tombstone um, in the graveyard, which I'd like to think as well. There's a small little nod of like it's above a um, a cherry blossom tree, which is what the the big boss man was like. Yeah, your mother was unknown, but she was like underneath this like pink blossom tree. I'd like to think it's kind of a way of like coming full circle with her real mom and like she's buried where her real mom was. A small little little um, Easter egg there, maybe potentially. Um, but you see her with her dog. We see like Yelena with her dog. And she goes to the grave and she's paying her respects and she's being awfully sad about it. And then this woman just blows her nose really loudly. And plot twist is Valentina. Valentina as in Valentina from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series. I told you there's so many links to to this series. Um, And it's her. uh, The guy, the woman who was um, trying to recruit... um, What's... What's... um, his name John Walker was it John Walker yeah the other Captain America I'm trying to recruit that's it agent is it agent is it US agent I think it's US agent I'm not sure what his character like his actual comic book name is but yes him um trying to she was trying to recruit him and now she's Yelena's on her payroll her name is Madame Hydra as well I think yeah and she's got a nice purple strand in her hair, which I was like, I appreciate all these villains at the moment giving me purple vibes. Yes, please. Um, but yeah, we see her and she's like, oh yeah, do you want revenge on the person who killed your sister? And you're like, huh? Who killed? Who killed her sister? And it's a picture of none other than Hawkeye. Plot twist, oh my god, whoa, and then it cuts and it's end as whoa. <laughs> and damn, you're you're just left there, sat there like, oh my god, oh my god, I'm excited for the MCU now. We've got Easter eggs, we've got theories, we've got things spiraling spiraling spiraling, I can speak, yes, spiraling. Out of control, and it's like so exciting, um, to to having seen that end credit scene and so many theories where I was like oh so if Yelena's trying to find Hawkeye is that what the Hawkeye series is going to be based on because think about it I don't think the MCU is ready to give Yelena an entire film to herself I think they're going to trial it they trialed um to see audiences reactions with her in Black Widow and then they're going to trial it a little bit more um, we're in Hawkeye, which is where I think she's going to appear and she's going to be the main driving force in Hawkeye. Um, because that's when we know that Jeremy Renner's character is going to be definitely in there. Um, and considering that Madame Hydra, Valentina, she first appeared in a Disney Plus show, um, in a, yeah, Disney Plus MCU show, 
it makes sense to continue her narrative on to another MC, uh, Disney MCU show. So I am incredibly excited for, for where that's going to go and how we're going to see that play out. Because I do think she's going to end up being in the series and trying to kill Clint Barton. And we're going to have to see Kate Bishop also deal with that maybe too. And just just a lot of things. Um, One thing I wanted to say is sad Black Widow noises. Because I really don't think we're going to see her in the MCU again. It felt very final. It felt very poignant. And it felt very like... And especially if it ended off with the grave scene of Natasha... Uh, of Black Widow's character, I think we're not going to see her in the MCU again. Though I would have loved a spin-off with Bucky and like the adventures of Bucky and uh, Natasha in the 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 espionage days. And I wanted a a Hawkeye short about Hawkeye and Black Widow's adventures. And I wanted a Red Room thing with Black Widow, but I don't think that's the direction that the MCU want to go in. And um. I respect that, but at the same time, I just don't. I just, I just, I really want more Black Widow content, but alas, we can't have everything we want. Um, so, we're, we're not going to see any of the, the Budapest or, or the Hawkeye adventures or actually, like, visually see it all um, come out and also the Bucky Barnes stuff, but I would have liked to see it. It's unfortunate. Um, so that wraps up the future, and I guess that wraps up me talking about Black Widow. Didn't talk about it for a super long time, because I feel like it's not, it's not a, a, an MCU film that I could talk about in incredibly extensive, like, an hour and 40 minutes kind of thing. Um, especially because it's just me giving my opinion to. Um, but I think this is a nice way to wrap off, um, to say that I think they did, they did... Scarlett Johansson's character well in the end. At the end of the day, I do feel like her character came full circle and I enjoyed it thoroughly and I am happy she finally got her film um, uh, after how, like, almost over 10 years of the MCU. So, yay, finally! Um, So, without further ado, let's move on to the infamous segment of the show, the recommend and to the back end segment. So this week I have... Shocker, I recommend, and to the back end. So let's start off with my to the back end. So I wanted to watch The Hitman's Bodyguard because The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard is out in cinemas currently. So I was like, why don't I watch it and then watch the one in cinema? As much as I love something that would have Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson in it, it was not very entertaining, it was very dull. I talked through the entire film and just kind of laughed at it than with it kind of thing. Um, so the story is about um, Ryan Reynolds is a like um, a bodyguard for like a hireable bodyguard for um, these hitmen, and he was at this like super prestige level, but then he he's like now doing like the lower menial jobs. Um, in, in his opinion, at least. And um, he comes back into contact with one of his infamous clients, which is Samuel L. Jackson's character, and you have to deal with with his, his, him. They have to kind of work together for the greater good, I guess. Um, and Gary Oldman's in it. It took me a while to realise it was him, because he did, like, the, the Russian accent was, was very thick. 
and yeah, it was it was it was a film, and I mean I wouldn't it was it's definitely a to the back end, but if you want to give it a shot, definitely do. I watched it on Amazon Prime. Give it a go. I really don't think it's worth your time. Um, so yeah, that was the Hitman's Bodyguard. But on the other hand, I watched an absolutely incredible film on um, it was on Sky Movies, I think. And it is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And I am very incredibly late to this train, but I have to give so much like love to this film because I absolutely adored it. So it's basically about Ferris taking, uh, pulling a sickie, I guess, um, uh, of full school and basically spending the day having fun with his girlfriend and his best friend. And it explores their dynamics as a friendship and also trying not to get caught and then his relationship with his sister and his parents and like the the crazy adventure that they go on throughout that day um and if anything for for someone who is my age like kind of uh, who has never heard of it or seen it before the best way i can describe it is it gives me a lot of phineas and ferb vibes like the film feels incredibly like the sister wants to bust the 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 brother and like um, you know, like the the Isabella and then the Phineas and then the Ferb kind of dynamic going on and like, you know, I know what I'm gonna do today, we're gonna take a day off school and we're gonna go around and like, I do feel like after watching this film I felt like Phineas and Ferb was very inspired by Ferris Bueller, I wanna say, uh, not sure, but it felt very inspired by it. Um, so yeah, definitely a recommend, you should give it a watch find it anywhere it is. I think it was on Netflix. It might still be on Netflix too, but check it out. It's incredible. So that means we're at the end of the episode already. Thank you guys so much for listening this week. Um, if you are new, hello, do give the episode a follow or subscribe on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify Podcast, Overcast, or any podcast listening platform thing um, you are currently tuned in on. And if you want to keep up to date with, um, I guess, promo or my schedule or when I'm releasing episodes, you can follow me on my Instagram and Twitter account at Deetswadita for both. You can also give me your Black Widow opinions. Much appreciate it. <laughs> and if you want to know what films I'm watching on a day-to-day -day basis, you can follow my letterbox account, underscore 92 underscore. I do put some reviews up in there, and you can look at my MCU rate, uh, ranking there. Um, so with that being said, next week's episode, we're continuing on with the MCU theme, and Loki comes to a wrap I, tomorrow as this episode releases. So um, stay tuned for that, and stay tuned for my in-depth analysis because currently I have seen episode uh, 5, episode 6 is out tomorrow when you guys are listening to this um, and I am thoroughly invested and it is, I have so many opinions and I have so many things that I want to talk to you about it um, so definitely stay tuned for that one. So thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you all next week. Bye everyone!